Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times. Now with goals. Hello and welcome to The Game, the football podcast from The Times. I'm Gabriel Marcotti. Quick reminder, before we begin, you can catch the highlights from every Premier League game before anyone else, except for those people who are actually in the ground and paid their tickets £56 if you were West Brom at City last night, simply by downloading the Times app to your smartphone. In the studio, we have Rory K. Smith and Julian Lawrence. Also down the line, the one and only Jonathan Norcroft, which is pretty fortuitous because uh, I'm speaking to you on the day that David Moyes has departed Old Trafford. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, Norwich and Liverpool. Flanagan making his way for the layoff from Allen finds Coutinho. Now Raheem Sterling gets himself into a shooting position and unleashes a wonderful strike. It's taken Liverpool less than four minutes to find the breakthrough. Are they heading for their 11th successive win? Roy Norwich needed to save themselves. This is potentially a trap game. Anything out there show you? Were you impressed with the way Liverpool avoided said trap? I think you have to be impressed with the way they dealt with the nerves. I mean, they've played a lot better this season. They are at the stage of the season, I suppose, where it doesn't matter how they play. They just need to get the, whatever it is, seven points out of the next potential nine. And they will be champions. They won't be concerned with the nature of the performances. I was actually really impressed with Norwich because I've, I've watched a bit of Norwich this season and thought, to be honest, they looked like they were on their way down without so much as a whimper. Sacking Hewton was the right decision. It was about two months too late. That's a theme we might return to. Neil Adams, obviously, is inexperienced at senior football, very well thought of in youth football. Is he the best manager named Adams out there? <sighs> oh, that's a, Ooh, that ooh, is a Mickey, fine question. Tony. Mickey, Tony. Now Tony's out of the job, yeah. yeah. I think he might be. I think he might what be about, management's best Adams. What about Derek Adams? Nobody's ever heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we've got to get to Moyes. Yeah, no, 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 enough so of this silliness. On Norwich. You, you started it. Who's you Derek mean? Adams? It's a, it's a Scott. I, yeah, I figured, oh, very impressive Norwich will be disappointed that they lost they had Liverpool kind of they, they made the most of the nerves and they played on, on the, the nervousness which I suppose was always going to be a risk Norwich I think you, you never know they could get something out of their last three games they, they don't need much to stay up I don't think they probably only need one win if Arsenal are safe in fourth on the last day of the season it could come then so I think it was a, an important win for Liverpool Obviously, that's so obvious, it doesn't really need saying. Norwich probably showed enough to suggest they're not quite dead yet. Julian, I spoke to an acolyte stroke servant of a certain Premier League manager who will go nameless, but you can imagine who it is. <laughs> and he pointed out that Liverpool <laughs> were just extremely lucky this season, and they're getting all the breaks. And yeah, they're good, but they're, the, the table doesn't really reflect where they really belong. Is he just jealous and bitter and sore? Uh, a bit, maybe. I, I do think he has a point, though. You know, I think that you, s- you saw it with Sterling, second goal, and always, you know, that shot 
you can take it another hundred times, you will never score again because... Because of the deflection. Yeah, because of the deflection. And, and I think they got a lot of things like that this season. The fact that they didn't play in, in, in Europe as well helped massively. They had no injuries. And I think it gave Brendan Rodgers times to work on the training ground more than, than any other big clubs because they had no Europe in midweek and, and, and that gave them more, much more times to practice stuff and to change when he went at five at the back and he was not working as much as he wanted and he had the luxury of time to change things around and, and I think that plus, yes, some, some lucky moments at times. You know, company, I mean, I know company is not having his best season but the third goal Liverpool scored against them that mistake there was just like what was the probability that he would make something like that in that kind of game so uh, you know I do think they got a bit lucky at point that doesn't mean they don't deserve to be where they are but they got a bit of luck yeah. uh, Johnny you, you actually live in or near Liverpool certainly closer to Liverpool than any of us do you feel confident enough to share Julian's assessment? Well a few things have fallen in Liverpool's favour for sure but I mean if we're going to tally up um, advantages and disadvantages. I think there's so many more things against Liverpool winning the title this season than, than for them. I mean, I'm not going to buy the idea that a team, you know, which cost £100 million in total against a couple of teams that cost £500 million or thereabouts are somehow, you know, lucky. Um, and Liverpool have got this, this great thing. They just score lots and lots of goals. So as Rory said, you know, they maybe didn't play their best against Norwich. They probably didn't play their best against Cardiff. In the recent away game, they, they weren't amazing against Sunderland, but when, when, when you, you're so positive and you just score so many times, you get in the box so often, you get that many penalties, you get own goals because you're putting so much pressure on. I think a lot of it is the luck. You know, to use that old cliche, is uh, luck they're creating for themselves. And um, I think uh, I think your acolyte might just be uh, a little bit bitter. He's not my acolyte. He's no, I know. I think I know the acolyte actually. We all know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, uh, I want to ask you another thing, because this is something that Rory says almost every week, uh, mm-hmm. so I won't ask him about it, because he's kind of repetitive on that front, but he's also correct, in my opinion, um, which is that the success of Rodgers and Martinez this season kind of shows, is also the success of managers who actually coach, who actually spend time on the training ground rather than the, you know, the, 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 the sort of you mm-hmm. know, cluffy type who shows up twice a week. Do you buy into that? Well, yeah, I do, and and, and then there's, a, there's a strange example that also, you know, plays to that which is Tony Poulos, because whatever you think about him, he, he does a lot of work on the training ground, and uh, um, you know, he, he, he's he, he's very much improved through the team by drilling them. I think it's I think it's great because Rogers and Martinez have, have have actually taken the game on, and I, I think with their, their sort of tactical well willingness to try things, their ideas, flexibility, because I don't think. Premier League coaching has always been associated with that sort of thing. Um, I remember Ancelotti saying that he he found you know teams he was surprised how how, how teams pretty much played the same way against them, and it's it, it, apart from maybe one or two examples. And one, it, it's, it's just great to see a couple of coaches who are full of ideas, who are bold enough to try things, who believe in working with players, and and two guys who are. And two guys who I might add were formed in terms of their footballing culture in this country. So you see, it can be done, Rory. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just want to pick up on something Julian said, which I think is really interesting, and that's that the, the time they've had to coach. And I, that that is, you're right. I have said this before. I don't want to be repetitive, but both Martinez and and Rogers have found and themselves. Martinez, as some of us like to call Martinez, uh, have found themselves with with kind of 
four days a week to coach their players tactically, technically, all that stuff. And that has afforded them the time to do that, whereas maybe Pellegrini, Moyes, Mourinho, they've not had that opportunity because of how many games they've had to play. So I agree with Johnny. I don't think it's fair to say Liverpool don't deserve to win the title they've not had to play as many games as, as everybody else. I think the team that wins the league is the team that has played the best in the league. That's, that, that happens pretty much every time. That the... The team that wins the lead is the team that's won the most games and deserves to win the lead. There's not much luck in winning a lead title. It's too big a sample. But My friend who's an owl, a big stat head, would, disagree, would profoundly disagree with you, but yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it's, not, it's not like a knockout competition where you can say, oh, they got lucky in one game. It's 38 games over the season. In, in, in the I'm, same way as the, the Barini penalty for Sunderland against Chelsea, there's this... The, Linesman who gave it used to be on the books at Liverpool, so there's there's kind of a, a subsection of Chelsea fans who we, believe that this is evidence of a conspiracy. But then we're going to get to to your conspiracies <laughs> in a second. I, I want to wrap this up with with one other uh, point. When um, Brendan came out and says that Raheem Sterling right now is the best player his age in Europe, I immediately said, "Ha ha ha! You don't watch much European football." Now I get paid to watch European football, so I sat there and I actually looked at players around Europe who were Sterling's age. Or younger, and there's some exceptionally good ones. There, there, there's Timo Werner. There's the defender uh, Laporte at, uh, at Bilbao. Mm. Most of these guys haven't played as many games as Sterling. They haven't scored as many goals as Sterling. They really haven't been as consistently good as Sterling is right now. Anybody want to suggest somebody who's Sterling's age or younger who's actually better than him this year? Is Pogba twenty? I think he's. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Mm. So he's a bit, yeah. Uh, so he's older. Variety is older as well. So, but you know, younger or the same age as Sterling. It's pretty remarkable. There's not many. The There's dude's still many. 19 years old. And Sunderland bounced back here. He's picked up Alonso. Oh, Schwartz has spilled it. Connor Wickham, the player who scored twice against Manchester City. Draws the sides level here at Stamford Bridge. All right, enough of this because we need to get to Moyes. Chelsea and Sunderland. Now, um, Mourinho comes out afterwards, and this is the old thing that, that we always hear is this one thing. Powers that be are generally okay with you saying the referee was rubbish. They're not okay with you saying there is a vast conspiracy against us, which is basically what this guy did when, when he came out and he was so sarcastic, not just about Dean, but also about Mike Riley, who, for those who don't know, is the man whose job it is to decide which referees get to officiate which matches. What should they do about this? I mean, what? Well, first of all, do you think he is a point? Do you think? Do you think there is a vast conspiracy to help Liverpool win their nineteenth title? A and B. If you don't, do you think Mourinho should be punished, disciplined? Well, A. No, and, and, and I think it, 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 I almost thought Mourinho and his, his men were having a breakdown on, on Saturday. I mean, it was the, the emotional high pitch at, uh, at, at losing that game, you know, when the reasons were there on the pitch rather than from the referee was, was, was incredible. And, 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 and you know, I, I'm making a serious point. I, I, I'm, I've been surprised at how sensitive Mourinho's been and how quickly he seems to have cracked at a difficult point of the season. Um, I, it also struck me that, you know, when he makes these rants, or, or does he advance the wrong word? These press conferences, performances that he that he enjoys making, they're usually, you know, portrayed as clever and they're seen as having a, a sort of um, they're going to gain an advantage somewhere down the line. Whereas there's no advantage to be gained in what he did. It was it, it was just bitterness coming out. Uh, I don't think the FA can do anything, and maybe they maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they should just, you know, leave him as a as, as a little boy having a tantrum 
be ignored by uh, by his parents well, because you know, as I say, I think they rigged over for, for Chelsea, and 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 it was it was really the act of a sort of bitter man. I, I felt after the game. Now, Roy, I'm going to be all conspiratorial here. Might I put to you that if Mourinho hadn't basically accused the referees of of conspiring against him, this Ramirez on Larson elbow might have actually not you know not been punished. Do you know what I I um and then maybe maybe the retribution's already coming. Do you, I, I, the problem with and this I guess is the I, I agree with Johnny completely. I think too often the media as a whole buy into what Mourinho says. We assume that he's doing it for a reason, and we kind of interpolate meaning and significance into his words that isn't there. He he's often just quite cross and trying to get <laughs> trying to sort of express himself as best he can. That, that with, without any real rhyme or reason. I was baffled on Saturday because I don't quite know what he was so upset about. There was the, <laughs> there was the Johnson, the Johnson high, high foot. Well, I, 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 I will tell you because I've actually logged these, right? Johnson um, on Espilicueta. So we, let's just go through them one Should by one. Should have been a red. Should have been a red. Right. But well, isn't, just, isn't, yeah. isn't always a red. It, was, well, it wasn't yellow, wasn't it? Could no, 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 it wasn't. It, wasn't even, it, was, it was a foul. Yeah. My team forgot his cards until much later in the game. I think the big one for me was... The, which, which I thought was, I was just absolutely appalled. Ramirez, when he goes up to head the ball on the cross and Larson basically body checks him to the ground, mm. how is that not a penalty? Yeah, I agree. I mean, You're right. yep. now, you can look at all this and you can mm. also look at Demba Ba slipping when he's about to shoot. You can look at the idiotic defending on the goal where people are like, oh, Marcus Alonso is not very good. Let's go let him stand by himself at the edge of the box. You know, you can look at the fact that if Peter Cech had the flu, then Mark Schwarzer wouldn't have been in goal and Chelsea would have probably won that game. And of course, if, if, uh, if Aspilicueta doesn't slip, then he doesn't need to make that mad run to recover and, and doesn't have to tackle Altidore. So there's all these things that could have gone the other way and Chelsea could have won the game. On balance, the refereeing decisions that did go against Chelsea, but I would put to you simply because Mike Dean's not very good. All this conspiratorial nonsense is complete bollocks. That <laughs> fans are so quick to say, ah, oh, well, this referee did this, this, and this. The, the worst thing you can say about most referees is that they're slightly officious and quite jumped up, and some of them aren't very good. They're doing a very difficult job, but right. some of them are not very good. You know, just, just to go back to what happened on the pitch in that game, you know, you, I, I agree with you, you. You've outlined some of the decisions very well, and I particularly agree with the Ramirez push, and, and none of us really made anything in our match reports about that and it, it probably was a penalty but you know th- this was a team this was a Chelsea team that couldn't break down Sunderland uh, who's you know the greatest sort of sophistication they could come up with when plan A wasn't working was let John Terry go up front for a while you know throw in Fernando Torres and Demba Bar. it wasn't the, the, apart from William nobody was creating anything this is, this is supposed to be the greatest coach in the world he sold one matter who might have made a difference um, and he struggled because he was he was missing one player, Eden Hazard. And I don't want to be hammering Mourinho all the time, but I, I just felt it was a it was a game where he came up short as a coach, and he and he lashed out afterwards. Since we're in the on the subject of conspiracies, does anybody want to suggest that Rui Faria's temporary insanity was actually because Mourinho said, "Hey, servant Rui." Uh, why don't you go? <laughs> why, why, why don't you go and go demented at the referee and get yourself sent off? Because I can't afford it. I, wasn't that weird? I mean, I, I, obviously that this guy is an issue. Right? Gab, yeah, that was my that was my first thought. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. My gut reaction was Mourinho's put him up to this. Um, <laughs> but then when you when you saw how nuts he went, he's either a very good yeah. sort of method actor. He is. He's he a very good method nuts. actor. That might be it. That might be it. No, I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought this was his dude's master's bidding, but he seemed genuinely out of control. Um, 
know, so maybe 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 it was just a, a real tantrum. I, I, the one thing, that I, and it's a broader issue than just Chelsea, and it's certainly not Mourinho who's who's unique in doing it. But w- the, the whole kind of problem with refereeing thing, that whole kind of trope, is it's kind of out of hand now, isn't it? That it, everything is just getting getting ripped apart. And it, I'm not going to say that you know, we, oh, we, you know we, kids won't want to go into refereeing. Just frankly, I find it baffling that any children would want to be referees anyway. But I think, so, at the risk of sounding like a sort of right-wing tabloid newspaper, something has to be done to get this back into control so that the, the, the whole thing, the whole kind of narrative around football, doesn't just become this man didn't do everything absolutely perfectly. And we start, we get to a stage where we're basically Italy, where everything is a refereeing conspiracy. On to what you were probably waiting for. David Moyes is no longer the Manchester United manager. Before we get into it, I want to get a little bit of insight because I'm a little bit confused here, and I'm sure, Johnny, you know the answer to this, mm. about how the story broke. Because mm. when stories, when managers get sacked, either the club managed to keep it hidden, in which case they go and they issue a statement, or somebody gets an exclusive that he will be sacked. In this case... Every news outlet in the world at the same time came out with the same story. David Moyes will be sacked. So I'm guessing Manchester United briefed every single newspaper at the same time rather than releasing a statement. Is that what happened? I think brief, briefing or brief maybe slightly too sophisticated or strong a word, but I think there was a signal, let's say, from, from Manchester United when, a, when the question was asked round about lunchtime yesterday. Um, and, and everybody asked the question at the same time? Well, you know how the guys work. Maybe one or two asked the question and then told everybody else the answer. But uh, from, from what I understand, and I'm, you know, I wasn't one of those covering the story yesterday, but when the question was asked round about lunchtime yesterday, rather than it being battered back and saying, you know, no, no, business as usual, no sacking, blah, 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 the lads were told no comment, but... You might there might be something today, you know, some, something kind of elliptical like that, and that was enough. Um, because going into the game, uh, yeah, I think anyone that knows this, knew the situation knew that there was, you know, the reports that they talked to, to Van Hal hadn't properly really been knocked down by the club. The the sort of change in the the, the mood since sort of February in the Olympiacos away leg um, had been obvious to people, and and you know, without I don't know how complicated we can get, but there's. Certainly a few, well, a few people very, very well, I mean, you know, well, very well briefed on the story by not necessarily official club sources, but people at the club, if that makes sense. Once everybody had it, it was obvious that the club had leaked it yeah. or confirmed it. Now, why didn't they just issue a statement? That does it, is it because of this, this New York Stock Exchange malarkey? So one, one reason it wasn't present was, was fairness to David Moyes because, you know, he, he sat at home waiting like everybody else to, to hear confirmations from, from one high and, and, and the phone didn't ring. So I don't think he was being taken into account. Whatever was being taken into account maybe in New York, although I always think that's a little bit overplayed. You've got to, it's, it's a, you've got to think the time differences with, with Florida and, and the sort of complicated way Manchester United are run. I mean, it's done by, you know, Edward Wood in conference calls with the Glazer brothers. They were up and running later in the day in Florida. Then... <laughs> Probably any any sort of final decision to, to push the button, you know, couldn't be made, and then they they would have waited until this this morning to, to confirm it. But I, I wouldn't like to give a sort of level of sophistication to this that, that just isn't there. Um, in my experience, not just with Man United but football clubs, they're never quite as strategic 
even as we have to wait to announce the stock market. I mean, when you think of how Ferguson went, they were kind of bounced into that. This is the same thing happening a, a year on, and I think of other sackings at other clubs. And there's always this fairly unpleasant and, and, and slightly amateurish air when the, when the deed is done. Johnny, if you were Avram and Joel and Malcolm rolled into one, would you have sacked David Moyes? No, I wouldn't have done. Uh, I, 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 if you'd given him... If you, if you'd given him the contract he was given and you'd given him the, the, the brief to go around Europe scouting players and, and, and draw up a list, out of fairness, out of, out of decency and, and out of maybe a sense that Manchester United are supposedly, were supposedly a different club, you know, a special club, a continuity club, I might, have, I might have tried to bear that a little bit more in mind and just taking the medicine, seen, him, seen it through and, and allowed him to have a rebuild and... and, and, and so they are. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I don't understand the reasons. On, on, on a football point of view, there wasn't much sign of, of um, results getting better. And, and despite him talking about a, a rebuild, there wasn't a lot of tangible evidence on the pitch. You didn't, you didn't see a team taking shape. So I can understand it from that point of view. But I do think what they've done is they've changed the nature of what Manchester United are by making this decision. They, they simply behave like any other club. And, and you know, Manchester United... They've always told us through their, 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 their marketing or whatever are, are, are different. You know, they were, supposed, they were supposed to be the club that was above all of this. I think I agree with him completely on, on the kind of the human level in terms of I think they've played it very poorly. I've got to admit, I think the... Was it Bayern when they sat Van Gaal that said that they, that they couldn't afford to let a, a manager who wasn't working kind of mm. have more time because it just does more damage? I, I like Moyes. I, I don't know him as well as Johnny does, obviously. But I spent three years on Merseyside working with him. He, he's a, I think he's a good manager. I think he's a better manager than he has looked in the last nine months. Would you have sacked him? But yes, I would. And uh, to be honest, I would have sacked him sooner. Julian, me too. Two months ago, there was no sign that the, the th- that things would improve. N- you know, even even at the last of the the 2013 when they had a decent run, even after the first leg against Bayern Munich, I, I never saw any signs that things would get better. For me, it was obvious from the start that the players didn't get on with him or they, that his message was not coming across the dressing room well. I think his assistants were poor assistants. I think his biggest mistake was to, to get rid of all of uh, Fergie's backroom staff and, and, don't, doesn't, and never kept some sort of continuity with the backroom staff. And, and, I, and I just think that he made so many mistakes from start to, to now that cost him the job and, and I would have sacked him a long time ago. Johnny, you, you need to leave us in a minute, so I'm going to just stick with you with a couple of these, these bigger questions. I really want your input. It was put to me, and, and I'm kind of coming round to this idea, that at this stage, if I were Malcolm, Joel, and Avram rolled into one, I would go to the former Manchester United manager and say, dude, you got to say something. Uh, and, and maybe even Sir Alex yeah. should come out and say something. Whether backing the club's decisions and holding his hand up and say, you know, I, I, I made a mistake, it didn't work mm-hmm. out, or saying he could have done better, but I don't, it's not my club, I don't run it, and so on. But it just seems to me that he's kind of in this, this twilight where he's been all year, and it, and it hasn't helped having him be a director at Manchester United, but we mm-hmm. don't really know what in the hell he does. He's not working with Moyes daily, but then he's also there at every single game with a camera panning on him and him looking grumpy. Is, is it time for the good of United, for Sir Alex to come out and kind of clarify this a bit? Oh, I, I agree. Uh, it's, it's strange how, you know, there's a lot of, lot of speculation that he was going to be 
too big an influence, too too looming a presence. And actually, he's, he's almost been the ghost, hasn't he? he? We know he's there, but we don't hear from him. We, we maybe see him from time to time. And um, I think he needed to explain himself a long time ago, explain the decision to appoint David Moyes, what he saw in David Moyes, what he thought the job David Moyes had to do was and why Moyes was, was going to be right to do it. Because without, you know, without that mandate, it, it was very difficult for... I think you know, Moyes was left trying to explain, and he probably was quite clumsy in explaining the idea that, that you know, this was a squad that needed change, this was, this was the rebuild, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if Ferguson come out and said, I knew that this needed to be done, you know, I, I knew that the team, although it won the title, I'd allowed it to get old, and I knew this would be difficult um, and, and give this guy time, I think, it, I think it might have, and it might have, you know, that might have had an effect on the dressing room. I, I do agree with Julian that, the players weren't 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 playing or, or or buying into what he was doing. It's it's time for the Glazers to to break a habit of a lifetime and say something because they took no responsibility at all when when David Moyes were, was appointed. They were they were quite happy to allow it to be portrayed as, a, as an Alex Ferguson decision. Fine, um, but this is certainly their decision now. And and you know for for the for the I just think for the, the strength of the club. They could do with they could do with coming out and and, uh, and explaining in some way because what what's gone on you know what what what's changed from a six year contract to a sacking ten months later that might be the right decision but those at the top should come out and say something of course they want and and, and other football clubs behave the same way I mean Bramwich never explains himself at Chelsea but that in itself undermines Chelsea managers so I guess the point I'm making is for the for the sake of Going forward, for the sake of the new manager, whoever that's going to be, and, and drawing a line under the, the, the succession, the botched succession, and, and the David Moyes era, definitely explanation, starting with Ferguson um, and, and, and then ending with the Glazers. Now, the other guy at the top is Ed Woodward, and we've all made a lot about how you know it was kind of a, a double blow, losing Sir Alex and David Gill at the same time being replaced by this guy who I, I've spoken to once, I think, and who's brilliant at signing sponsorships and so on. But if if the stories are to be believed, he was deeply involved in the summer transfer campaign, which was an absolutely abject failure. <laughs> but that, that to me, always that always struck me, and Johnny may know more about this than I do, that always struck me, and I, there, is some, there is some kernel of truth in it, no question, but it always struck me that, that Woodward was almost taking the fall for Moyes' well-publicised, what's the word? Come on, you, you're destroying my hero. Dithering. You're talking about dithering, dithering in the transfer market. Well, well, he did it at Everton. But what he, all, all, you know, I, agree, I agree, Moyes and the transfers are not, not a good combination, but, but crikey, are you really, really believe me? Moyes really believed Thiago Alcantara and Cesc Fabregas were coming? Moyes really bought into the, 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 the nonsense that, Dan, well, I don't want to say his name, that, that the intermediary representing those players was feeding him? We can't just blame it on Woodward, those of us who love Moyes. No, we we can't. No, we can't. Is that true, Johnny? Tell me that's not true. <laughs> well, I, I think there's naivety on both parts. No, I wouldn't just blame Woodward. How can he be naive? He's 50 years old. He's got 10 years management in the Premier League. Don't know if it's naivety, Johnny. Is it? Is it not but the fact that the boys just refuses to make up his mind quite a lot of the time about transfer targets? Well, what's he going to make up his oh, mind yeah. on a guy who's, not, who's never going to come here? Who doesn't want to come here? A guy who no, wants to stay in Barcelona and a guy who wants to follow Pep to 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 to, to buy Munich. And you go and you waste all this time with this? Yeah, Surely that must have been Woodward. Well, no? we're talking. We're, well, it was a bit of both. We're talking. We're, I mean, yes, David Moyes has signed many players. He's always he always took a long time over it. He actually said, you know, said to me once that he didn't mind being called Dithering Dave, which was a nickname he had at Everton because 
it showed that he did due diligence on players. But he was stepping up. He'd never he'd never dealt with some of the the sharks that surround the the, the bigger players in Europe, and and he'd, he you know he took on trust when somebody like Cesc Fabregas signaled that he was really <laughs> flattered by Man United's interest. He, he took it on trust. I know we're we're laughing at it, but we've well, we've we've covered we've covered big clubs. He, he, you know, this was a, this is the first time for him, um, and this is when everyone goes on about the David Gill. You know, what, what, the knowledge gap that that, that that was created by him leaving. Um, you know, David Gill had experience in that field, but Ed Woodward didn't. And you know, the one thing I'd say about Ed is he's a very, very quick learner. I've spoken to him a few times this year, and there's been a marked difference in his reading of transfer situations. He read the Marta situation very well, didn't he? He, he, he did. And, and the other very well, and yeah. He's genius. You really believe that? You he overpaid for Marta. Because you could have got Mata for for a hell of a lot less oh, money in the oh, summer, and he was a oh, guy who sure. didn't fit Moyes' system. So oh, sure. you know, no, he, he, he overpaid for sure. But but you know, he, he that was a stroke of genius, out. there, wasn't it? Well, he prized them out at the time when it, it, you know, it, look, it, he prized them out of Chelsea. Being, Chelsea would have gift wrapped him. We're being revisionist here. It, it, at the time, it looked like exactly what they needed to do. It looked like they needed maybe to overpay, but they needed to affect a big sort of morale-boosting transfer and, and bring a little bit more football quality to it. Yeah, it was a complicated deal to do. They, you know, would Chelsea want, wanted them to go to Manchester United? I don't believe that. They certainly wanted them out, but I don't think that was the destination that they, they had planned for them. Ed Woodward will continue progressing some of the transfers that David Moyes was involved with. I mean, I, 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 feel, I feel, you know, with my kind of sympathy for, for Moyes here that in the end, they might have just used him as a overpaid chief scout you know he's gone and watched 20 or 30 targets around Europe he's he's installed a recruitment department there he's got the systems up and running and and I think Ed will continue with some of those transfers um, independently of what what, what Moises one of the things I can think of two in particular one of the things that disappointed me most about Moises' tenure and, and I was led to believe that this was part of kind of his brief when he came on, that you know United have, I think it's something like 10 senior players who are 24 or younger at the start of the season. And part of it was going to be to progress these guys, people like Jones and Smalling and Cleverly and, and, and De Gea and, and Chicharito and Rafael and Kagawa. And I look at all these guys, and with the exception of De Gea, um, who I'm told really benefited from Chris Woods' arrival and he was a Moyes man, all these guys are kind of worse now than they were a year ago. And in some cases, their reputation is to the fore. I mean, cleverly, Roy Hodgson called the English Cesc Fabregas a year ago. You know, yeah. we've seen what state he's in. Were you disappointed that he's, he's completely failed to, to reach these guys and, and make them better? Welbeck, another one. Yeah. No, I mean, the honest answer to that is, yeah. I mean, You're surprised. It's surprising, isn't it? Surprised, very surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised about... The fact he, I think, for me, David Moyes put so little of David Moyes as a stamp onto that that, that job. So many of the things that he did at Everton, he, he simply didn't didn't affect at United. One of them is progressing younger players. Uh, you know, and the irony was, of course, that Man United were beaten at the weekend by a team, you know, full of players that Moyes had taken from the age of 21, 22, and progressed them to, you know, with Martinez having the, the final touch. I think, I think the reason is probably, and if you look back and, and is honest, I think he gave up on that, that, that team and that squad far too early. 
I think he bought into the idea of the six-year contract a little bit too literally and was focused on this summer rebuild from a long, long way out. And, yeah, I think he, he you know, threw, threw them all, threw all the players in with, with each other and decided, no, no, the whole lot aren't good enough um, and I have to start again. And that, that was dangerous because when you talk about players like Maybe not, maybe not Tom Cleverley, but when you're talking about players like Raphael and Welbeck, there's certainly something there that uh, you could imagine, dare I say, a Brendan Rodgers or a Martinez getting a lot out of them. Um, and I think that would, that, if, for me, the, the key error probably in all of this for David Moyes was not seeing the reality of, of you know, he had, he had to start the rebuild, well, you know, in, in September, not, not the summer. And, and mentally, he was looking from a long way out at getting getting the season over with and starting with a clean slate and, and, and you know, that just doesn't happen, does it? Can you confirm that several outlets, including one that I don't like, are reporting today that this decision to let Moyes go was made back in February after the Olymp- that horrible game against Olympiacos, which for me is, will forever be the low point of the Moyes tenure, and that they simply waited this long to save themselves money because there's a clause in his contract that says they can sack him and give him a lesser payoff if he doesn't make the Champions League. And obviously, they mathematically didn't make the Champions League. Have you had any confirmation of that? And if it's true, that's kind of another black mark against Woodward, assuming he, he knew about this, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that's true. I think it's too neat and tidy to say it was... Uh decided back in February but I think that's that's where things turned and I think that's when the initial contact with Van Gaal happened so maybe maybe we're splitting hairs maybe, maybe that's the point to which the succession started to get planned for Okay so uh, Johnny had to leave us which is good because there's more time for Julian and Roy to discuss this um, Just one thing Gab on the, yeah. the timing I, I, I really do wonder if if the, the timing just is to prepare for next season already in terms of transfer. So transfer arrive or at least are almost done before the World Cup starts and before the players go with the national you team. Mean like and the everything. proper club does. Yeah, exactly. And and if if they've got already an agreement or s- some sort of agreement with someone, for example, like Van Gaal, who has plenty of time on his hands, despite preparing for the World Cup for, for Holland, you know, it would be the right timing for him. And he's got you know a few weeks before the end of the season and before he gets his Dutch players together for the World Cup. So he can work on transfer, and I don't think he will work on the same transfers as Moyes wanted and that Ed Woodward is working on. That seems to contradict what Johnny was saying. Yeah, though. but I don't agree with Johnny on that point. I think if Van Gaal comes to the club... twice contradicted Johnny today. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Typical of the French Sorry, as well, Johnny. to wait till he's gone. But why, <laughs> why, why would Van Gaal want the same player as Moyes? No, There's, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to be honest, when, when, when Johnny all. said that, and you know, I would assume that the, the players who, who Ed Woodward might look, look to progress... Are people like William Carvalho, young players, Eliakwi Mandala, young players who, who most managers in the world seem to be uh, the top managers seem yeah, to be interested in. Looking at yeah, but, he, but I, I would be staggered, absolutely staggered, if they would just keep on going with transfers identified by Moyes. Exactly, I agree with Julian. I think it'd be staggering if they wouldn't at least put a, a dampener on on a lot of the, the whatever moves they've made before awaiting the new man although I would say that in Johnny's defense there's only kind of a pool of what 1500 players that yeah, a team like yeah, United yeah. can look at anyway so yeah, the so targets <laughs> won't be massively different um, but yeah the timing might be to yeah get those transfers done or almost done before the world and the idea is Ryan Giggs is just a place warmer now I want to ask you this though okay I had some reservations about but we don't know whether Ryan we know he was a very you know, he was a great professional took care of himself great player there's two things I don't quite get with Ryan Giggs and this appointment. One is 
he has some baggage in the dressing room, which I think everybody who can Google knows about, and his relationships also with some of the the senior hardcore players of the, the Neville, Beckham, Butt generation. Secondly, what if he goes out and he just loses these last four games? Might that kind of might you then be in a situation where you've kind of burned the guy as like a potential uh, as a potential manager? A bit like happened with with Shear at Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, just I think it made sense as gigs as, a, as an interim manager. I think it's okay. There's four games to go. I think why not Brian McClare? I mean, or, or I, I don't know. I mean, get Jockey in. I mean, uh, yeah. Walter Smith. I, I mean, I, I think Nicky Burt will, who worked with the reserves, would probably help as well a bit. I mean, Phil Neville, that most of the dressing room didn't like in the first place. I'm not sure will be involved, but I, I think it makes sense. That's why you do, you know, this in in those kind of situations. I don't think they care much about the last four games of the season. I would, I, I think personally that appointing, you know, I don't think this is a sort of an interview for Ryan Giggs for next season. I don't. I think it would be a massive mistake to appoint him as manager for next season and uh, you know and, and give him a longer contract but I think I think that's what you do what, what else could you have done uh, you know I, I'm not sure they had that many options I told you fair. you call Walter Smith in or you get Fergie to manage the last four games well you I can't do that that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's not possible you, you get Mike Feeling back for four games or no, I'm yeah, not sure Mike Jules, Feeling wants that either Jules is right I think the, 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 obvi- the other thing you could have done is maybe given it to Nicky but who was, who was doing the reserves or, or Brian McClay someone like that who would just kind of oversee the final four games the problem with Gates I can understand why they've done it. It may, kind of makes sense. The problem is so if he, as you, as you say, Gab, if he loses all four, which I think is unlikely, uh, then that's that's kind of a bad start for him if you want him as a future Man United manager at some point, kind of in the in the, in the dim and distant. Because future. sadly, that's the way some of the punditocracy works, right? Yeah. If he wins all four, you get into a similar, not quite as serious, but a kind of similar situation to the one Liverpool found themselves in with Kenny, yeah. where they kind of had to give him the job because he did quite well, despite the fact that they knew that it wasn't what they wanted long term. That then leads to a kind of painful uh, process. So what United kind of want is Gids to kind of win two, draw yeah. one, and lose one. Yeah. That's kind of what they need. And it might happen, to be fair. <laughs> but the, the other thing, that I, just on the Gids issue, this idea that like every club's got a Guardiola waiting to happen, we have to stop, and by we, I kind of mean the commentariat, I guess, looking at exceptions and making them the rule because mm. it's ridiculous. So Ferguson has 26 years. That does not equal mm. give any manager time. Guardiola... You're com- making the outlier argument, which I have made many, many yeah, times. Yeah, but, so, <laughs> but that doesn't mean everyone's heard it from you, Dab, so forgive me. The, Guardiola has some success at, at, at Barcelona. Not some success, a lot of success at Barcelona. That does not mean you can take any quite eloquent ex-player and make him your manager and he will be your Guardiola. We need to stop looking at that. There are lots of ways of having success, but we we kind of have to assume that the people like Guardiola and Ferguson, they are exceptions. They are, as you say, outliers. You're looking very bored, so I'll stop talking. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> the range of candidates. I mean, Rory, you made the point in your tweet today, uh, earlier today. that Which was apparently part of a global anti-Everton conspiracy. Um, was it? Yeah, did I put Martinez? So I basically tweeted to say... Martinez, coño. Simeone. No puedes decir coño. ¿Por qué? Porque... Nadie I, I, entiende. Sí, pero... No, sí. Solo tú. No, no solo, me, solo, solo yo. Yo, yo, yo también. también. Okay. Bueno. Uh, Martinez. I, I, I tweeted to say Simeone, Martinez, Conte, Van Gaal, and possibly one of the Klopp that it was great to know that the Glazers knew exactly what they were looking for. Because they're all very different Because they're all very different uh, managers. And a couple of people re- replied to me saying that I was trying to destabilise Everton, which is, to be honest, massively overestimating how powerful my tweets are. The candidates are fairly obvious. One of them's already ruled himself out. Klopp said he doesn't want it. You, we, you assume that's true, just Klopp doesn't yeah, seem to be the kind of yeah. 
manager who'd kind of say that that blatantly and then change his mind. You looked at Conte, Simeone, Van Gaal, uh, Jürgen Löw, I guess, would be in there. Jürgen Löw? Possibly. Wow. It's, it, this is what bugs yeah. me. It's the same, like, who's had recent success? Like, I mean... I know. But I, the, the, this, would, this, this complete... I don't know. Dab the hipster in me would say that you looked at Thomas Tuchel, who's the kind of up-and-coming guy in Germany, he's yeah. spoken very highly of. Yeah, but the problem but, with Tuchel was he was the up-and-coming guy, like, ten years ago. But then you, he was awful, and then he's good again. United, <laughs> United can't do that. They've tried the, let's give yeah, someone a kind of choice. leap. Yeah. Not the Moyes with a hip um, choice, but no, you know what I mean? They've yeah, tried yeah, to give someone a leap from a smaller coming. club. So do we agree here that Moyes was not first choice initially? Do we agree that Carlo, Jose Mourinho, maybe even Pep were sort of asked or at least sounded? I call me a sucker, but I believe Sir Alex Ferguson. I think Moyes was first choice all along. Right. Do you have any evidence? I think he was Ferguson's choice. I, don't, I think there was dissension amongst some of the other power brokers, but they deferred. Do you think United would have the nerve to go for another Everton manager? After what's happened to this one, you know what? If they rule Martinez out because he's an Everton manager, they're stupid, freaking idiots. Yeah. No, but you know, <laughs> this, is, this is just stupid. No, I mean, I, I agree. You know I, what? I, so I, they wouldn't sign Ross Barkley because, oh, look, we signed Fellaini. No, like, but I, I love Martinez, and I think he's a wonderful manager, and I think he's a much more promising manager than Moyes. But I, I think that will be a factor. I think that will have to be a factor. Right, but if, if it's a factor, it just shows you how foolish they are because you don't. I mean, th- th- that's kind of dumb. Not is Spalletti a big enough name for for United? Do you think? <laughs> Nobody's a big enough at name. At this stage, what, it's not about who cares big about names, a big enough names. You know, I mean, I think about what it can bring to the club and for the future. And and when I think about Van Gaal, it just it just doesn't it yeah, just yeah. doesn't do it for me. Now for that time for some quick hits. Tottenham roll over Fulham and Paulinho and Eriksson shine. Rory, some make it seem like Spurs newcomers are all duds, but these two have been reasonable, haven't they? Yeah, Paulinho's been okay. He's not quite been as, as exciting as it looked like he would be initially. Um, I think Ericsson's been a real star, one of the best sign- signings of the season in, a, in an admittedly sort of underperforming team, given what their expectations were. Yeah, I, and the, other, the others, to be honest, like Lamella's not had a chance he's been injured. Kapuwe, I think, has done fine when he's when he played. Um, so I think, yeah, that's not quite fair to assess their summer transfer window as a complete disaster. Everton bounced back to defeat Manchester United 2-0, which these days is no big deal, of course. Julian, would you like to praise Roberto Martinez for going all counter-attacking and befuddling his opposite number tactically? I would, but I just think it was too easy for him. It was far too easy. It was. You've been picking up Moyes the whole show. you you got to add it in. It was too easy, and it was just like, I'm sure even on the touchline, I was looking at him at times, and it was like, surely this is not true. It can't be that easy. (laughs) It can't be that easy. Manchester City beat West Bromwich Albion, which means Liverpool cannot win the Premier League on Sunday. Uh, Rory, I won't tell anyone your secret's safe with me, but deep down, are you prepared to say City are actually the best team in the Premier League? I think they have the best squad, and I think that when they're fully fit, they have the the strongest first eleven on paper, uh, and they've probably produced the majority, between them and Liverpool, they've produced the majority of of the really sort of defining performances of the season, but the best team in the Premier League is the one that wins it. Ooh. That is that simple. Yeah. Also sprach Roy K. Smith. Ramsey's back and Arsenal fly to a 3-0 win over Hull. Julian, uh, it really is that simple, isn't it? And does this mean they'll finish fourth, win the FA Cup, and all will be forgotten? Is it that simple? Imagine what uh, Suarez's injury would have done to Liverpool, or we saw what Aguero's injury meant to, uh, to Manchester City. So Arsenal without Ramsey uh, was obviously a, a big blow, and, and I do think that things would be forgotten because it'd be an improvement if they finish fourth and win the Cup. I think you'll find that after Ramsey got injured, uh, Arsenal actually won something like six games in a row in the Premier League. That, that's true. Burnley, a place that's difficult to find on the map, are promoted to the Premier League. Now, Rory, I checked. Okay, so except for a couple Australian goalkeepers who never play, 
a guy from New Zealand who also never plays, uh, their only non-British uh, or Irish player is somebody named David Edgar, who of course is Bill Edgar's cousin, and whose dad is actually English. <laughs> their manager happens to be English too. And Ginger. And Ginger. Very Ginger. Rory, how is this possible? I thought that if you had too many British and Irish players, you were destined always to fail. Not at all. Not if you set them up sensibly, if you have a good team spirit and an attacking plan, and crucially in Burnley's case, a strike force that stores lots and lots of goals. I'm delighted they're up. I think it's a great story. I'm delighted Leicester are up. I think they're a good team as well. No particularly outstanding individuals. I think they'll both compete relatively well in the Premier League. But I think Burnley's squad is not, not that it's too English and Irish. It's just very, very thin. They will need to reinforce it substantially if they're going to compete as well as they might. For those who don't know, who are these Burnley strikers who are so good that you speak of? They are yes. Sam Vogt, who's been, who was very, very promising when yes. he first when he Former first came Former Cardiff star, Sam Vogt. Exactly, Indeed, yeah, and Wolves. Um, he was very promising initially, but then kind of seemed to lose his way. He has been reborn under Sean Dyche. Uh, and Danny Inns, who is an England under-21 under 21 international, who I think is excellent. Yeah. Barcelona are reportedly willing to sell Lionel Messi to anyone who meets his buyout clause, which is only £136 million or so. Julian, in Spain, they're taking it as red that Monaco and PSG will simply cut a big check. Will they? Or are they a bit concerned that FFP, financial fair play, might buy? No, no one can buy Messi. No, at that price, no one can buy Messi because of financial fair play and PSG, especially PSG, even more than Monaco. Monaco even more in a mess in terms of financial fair play because they don't have those magical sponsorship deals anyway. But PSG, who have them, even if they're still illegal at the moment uh, for UFA, they can't buy Messi. It's not possible. It's not just simply not possible in terms of financial fair play. Uh, Roma appear to have locked up second place in Serie A despite an intense challenge from an excellent Napoli side uh, led by a potential future Manchester United manager. Why are you so bullish on the future of Roma, Gab? So there's this manager, Rudy Garcia, who um, when he arrived, he looked like, uh, oh, you know, he's like second choice Steve to Laurent Blanc and, and everything. And um, But... He's been absolutely fantastic. The people adore him. They play outstanding football. They've got a whole gaggle of very talented uh, young players. They move very well um, in the transfer market. But I think the key thing is that they have an ownership that has money and treats this as an investment. So they're going to build a new stadium to generate much-needed funds in a financial fair play era. They've got a catchment area that was absolutely huge of like four and a half million people who in the past have been sort of fickle fair weather fans, but um, they can make it work commercially. And, um, and most of all, Francesco Totti is going to be around for one more season. Um, he only needs like 40-odd goals to become the all-time leading goal scorer in Serie A. And I figure he should reach it by around his 45th birthday. All right, many thanks to my guests today, Rory K. Smith, Julian Lawrence, and of course, Jonathan Northcroft, who you only got to enjoy him for part of the show, but please do understand, unlike the three of us, he is a very busy man. A quick reminder, because I don't remind you enough times, each week you can catch all the Premier League action via the Times app. Download it now. Also, you can check out thetimes.co.uk for some brilliant writing from us. And not just us, but uh, quality writers like Ollie Kay, Matt Dickinson, and the rest of the gang. And also, the physical paper version at your local newsagent. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Bye-bye. Your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal. Refresh your app, choose your team, accept notification, and you're away. Hi, I'm Tim Montgomery, the presenter of another Times podcast from the opinion pages called Did You Read? 
It's the perfect weekly snapshot of some of the best writing in the newspaper. Find out more by heading to thetimes.co.uk slash comment central and search Did You Read to subscribe on iTunes.